Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, I'm excited to have Seth Roberts from Watashiwa on the podcast. Watashiwa will release People Like People this Friday, May 20th on Tooth & Nail Records. Seth talks about starting Watashiwa at a super young age, the difficulties and challenges that occurred when the band first joined Tooth & Nail, moving from Watashiwa into Eager Season Lakes, and why the time was right to bring Watashiwa back. It was great getting to chat with Seth and get the DL on his musical career. Make sure you check out People Like People on Friday. Enjoy getting to hang out with Seth Roberts from Watashiwa. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I've listened to the new record a bunch. I listened to a lot of the records this week because Watashiwa and like Lakes and Igurisis, with the exception of Fire Ahead, which for whatever reason I got when it was released and um, loved it. Uh, Watashiwa was one of those bands where I was like aware of, but not like a fan of, not like really into. It was like, yeah, yeah, they exist. Like you were on the BD Rocket compilations and then on Tooth and Nail, whatever, and like. I knew totally. about the, the name change drama and all that shit, but it was like, yeah. they're there. <laughs> yeah. There was like awareness. Of yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, good to go back and listen and like, listen to the progression and the changes and um, how it all relates to this new record uh, all these years later. Uh, yeah, totally. So yeah, it's cool to talk to you and have you on. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. I've been, you know, we've been like rehearsing and going over a lot of the old, material so even for myself listening back and kind of revisiting like oh these this is the musical journey you know yeah. kind of cool how how far back are you going in those rehearsals <laughs> we're going off we're going pretty far back not like the new album actually starts out with our one of our first demos that we ever recorded um when we were like r- really young like yeah. you know junior high high school and we've never released those demos i don't know if we'll ever <laughs> play go back that far um but yeah. we are going back to like our betty rocket records nice and, yeah that's so, fun yeah it's been fun is is that weird to be like all right we're gonna play this song from when i was 18. <laughs> yeah a little a little bit uh, it's a trip because you know roger and i haven't really played together in a while too he um he was in Watashiwa before and we, you know, we played those songs together since we were like, yeah, in high school. So it's, it, it, it's, it's a trip, but it's really fun. At this, it kind of feels like riding a bike a little, yeah. you know, yeah. you get your muscle memory and, but yeah, it's, it's been cool. It's, it's, it feels special, you know, to like revisit it as adults and kind of have, I think there was a, a time in my life that some of that material I was almost a little embarrassed of because mm-hmm. we started so young. So you, you kind of feel like, Oh no, but like everyone's <laughs> reading my, my junior high and high school journal kind of, you know, yeah. 
but um you know now as an adult and having my own kids i can like almost empathize more with myself and and yeah. celebrate it it's kind of cool it's like oh that's cool that we were doing that you know yeah yeah it's always fun to like listen to stuff i've written or wrote in the past and be like that's cool that sucked <laughs> that was <just> like yeah <laughs> yeah you learn and you get yeah. better yeah yeah you're like there was potential there like totally and, and it grows into what you are now so yeah definitely that's awesome so you uh born and raised in california yeah i was born in um like bishop near mammoth mountain um and then we moved to san luis obispo county when i was like pretty young three around three years old so i grew up here um and you know living here again which is awesome that's another you know probably big part of just feeling in this place musically again too living here because i was living in la for a little while during like the lakes eager seas era yeah. <laughs> so but yeah um i love it here san luis obispo have you ever been out here nope hit me up if you ever come out all right i've been to disneyland and that's about it <laughs> oh yeah that's nice yeah, yeah but it's yeah. totally different yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah one day one day uh, yeah totally uh, what got you into music my my grandma um and my on my dad's side and my dad were both very musical my grandma ha taught me piano and she when i was you know pretty young and she had a tv show actually like a public um funded uh you know tv show yeah. that was um teaching kids how to play music so it was like a live kid um like children audience kind of and she was like teaching them how to play music Fun. Uh, and so you know and then my dad had a bluegrass band growing up i'd always like you know have tons of memories of seeing his his bluegrass band playing and uh so music was always around us we had like you know instruments in our house and we listened to a lot of records. My parents listened to a lot of music. My dad was playing, you know, every night before bed, playing songs to us and stuff. So um, I think even, you know, I've, it just always felt like music was a part of our life. It, it didn't feel like I ever got into it. It yeah. just felt yeah, like yeah. it was always, I was in it, <laughs> I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, but I never got to like the theory place with it, you know, where people get where they learn almost like, um, you know, Teddy, who I'm playing with now, our drummer, he he went to music school. So he's like he he plays drums in our band, but he plays tons of different instruments yeah. and he's like really, really well versed with like theory. And I never got there. You know, I just my family always had music around and um, and so. I just kind of learned enough to create songs and get my ideas out and express myself. And, um, but yeah, I learned a little when I was a kid, I guess with piano lessons, but which I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. What got you into like punk rock or like that sort of scene? Yeah. Great question. Well, you know, my, I was raised, in a very like um christian home christian environment christian school i went to like a christian private school k through 12 
Um, so my whole life I was very, I had, uh, you know, that around me. And because of that, a lot of the music that we were allowed to listen to was like pretty lame yeah. <laughs> 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 to be honest, you know, it's like, I remember hearing bands, um, like rock bands, you know, green day and smashing pumpkins and stuff and being like, Oh, that stuff's really cool. I want to listen to that. Like I remember I had a, a guns and roses album, like cassette tape that I hid in my tree fort, you know, when I was a kid, because I wasn't allowed to listen to it. But, uh, but when I discovered, you know, tooth and nail and like the, the Christian, I guess, like alternative punk scene, that was really exciting because it was almost like this like free pass of like okay now i can listen to this music yeah. that i really love and it's inspiring and kind of like has the energy that i love and um feels really cool i can show it to my friends when i'm skateboarding and like yeah. uh you're not gonna get laughed at <laughs> yeah like it's cool it's like they're like mxpx ads were in like thrasher magazine and mm -hmm. stuff like it just it was like whoa this is cool this is like a culture that I can really, not that I was thinking about it like that, like, oh, this is like a culture of, yeah, <laughs> like, right. but, um, you know, it's just like, I, so I got super into really into, um, tooth and nail and all of that music. And I just kind of was into everything they had, but especially the punk stuff. I mean, I learned to play guitar on the MXPX Poconacha album. I had like a little Marshall, um like one of those battery powered amps yeah. and yeah my family used to camp a lot so i remember like we were camping um maybe in the summer we used to go like across the country just camping and i remember just walking through the campground like playing like, like <laughs> to my little marshall amp so like that's i just was super into um that music because i it was like high energy pretty simple you know i could i could understand it and learn it yeah, and yeah. and then it felt kind of empowering kind of to connect with it like that like oh i can see myself in this you know i can do this i can play this so i can i started to write my own songs and it just became this like creative tool like punk punk rock became a creative tool because it yeah. was like um it was something that, you know, was very exciting, obviously, like to listen to and, and on that level, but also to say things in a way that was okay, you know, uh, art form that I was, I was like allowed to say things this way in, you know? Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was just super exciting. And then I got into other punk, punk music, uh, just because. I start, you know, I started almost like bled into like, oh, you know, yeah, Green Day and these other bands, it's fine. Like we can look past it or whatever. Um, and then just got super into that culture and everything. Yeah. You know, the rock scene, so. That's cool. What was the uh, genesis for Watashiwa? Well, really that, I mean, we met, I, I went to like a, Hume Lake was like a Christian summer camp, winter camp that my youth group used to go to. So I, I bought my first handful of tooth and nail CDs at that winter camp. I discovered it at like their, they had like a little 
um, store and someone said like, Hey, this music, you should check it out. It was like, you know, I think I bought like, um, some like deliverance, like some metal thing. And then like MXPX is Starfire, you know, nice. and the guy, like the, my friends that were at the camp with me, um, they also kind of discovered it at the same time. So we were all like buying stuff like, okay, we're going to go back. And, <laughs> and those were the guys that we learned to play the songs, the mm -hmm. MXPX songs. And then we were like, Hey, we should start our own band, you know? So those brothers, the Alvord brothers and uh, Denny Rake, we all went to the, you know, camp together. We bought the tooth and nail <laughs> albums together. <laughs> that we were like, let's start it. Let's start with Tashi Walk, you know. And then uh, that was when we were in junior high. Um, wow. I think I was, yes, yeah, I think that was sixth grade camp. So wow. we came back, and I was like in seventh grade. We were going at it. I think we played our first show with Value Pack when I was like in eighth grade. Wow, know? that's wild. <laughs> we were playing shows with like Value Pack and, um, you know, Slick Shoes and uh, all the, all these Dogwood. And, um, and we kind of became known as like the little kid band, you know. Um, so that was kind of the birth of Watashiwa. Those, those original members um they never we never put out a release with those original members uh our first betty rocket album uh roger lane and mike joined after the alvord brothers and and denny uh you know quit and so that was like when we were just getting into high school like freshman year i think um was around the time that we started really getting going i remember playing football high school football i got a concussion and i was like you know what i'm just gonna play music more <laughs> like gonna do with tashi one more so um yeah that was really when we started kind of doing it more in this and the scene around here was kind of growing more churches were having more shows boys and girls club the you know the free the there was all these grain halls and different places kind of doing doing stuff and back then it was kind of crazy because we would we would decide hey let's have a show this friday you know this next yeah. week and there'd be like 300 people there you know it's crazy wow. and we had i mean young other young bands popping up and it was pretty cool that's cool awesome that's right yeah played with slick shoes i mean you guys kind of been that young compared to ryan because he was what 14 when they signed to do the nail or something too so that was another thing too when they that was an inspiration because we were all we were already going and then we heard like oh this new band signed and they had a pretty young singer mm -hmm. so that really was like okay <laughs> come yeah. on let's do this guys <laughs> uh, how do you uh come up with that name watashiwa our friend burl um he was like kind of the right hand man of noggin toboggan uh the band that so mike our old guitar player his his brother jeff was a singer of noggin toboggan okay and um i don't know if you remember that band oh yeah 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 pearl um who was kind of their good friend and and our friend too we were actually like at a show seeing like supertones and um a bunch of bands and 
Burl was like, you know, I was trying to think of names for the band and I think I had a couple and, you know, they weren't, I don't think they were very good. And then Burl was like, you should call it with Watashiwa and told me what it meant. And I was like, that's awesome. Okay, let's do it. And that was it. It was like at Great America in uh, Santa Clara. I'll never forget. That's <laughs> but awesome. Burl's still around. He's still our homie. Was that your connection to BD Rocket? Yeah. Um, Noggin Toboggan signed with them first. That was kind of our mm-hmm. connection. It was like, whoa, yeah. this is new label. And so, and then we were playing sh- a lot of shows with those bands that were all signing with Betty Rocket. And so it was just kind of like this organic thing happening, really. Um, so, but yeah, they definitely, Noggin Toboggan. God bless them. I mean, they really took us under their wing. You know, we before we could drive, you know, them, their friends were like, and our friends too, uh, were <laughs> driving us to shows to, to go play. And they were, you know, they were putting us on their shows and kind of introducing us even when we were still pretty. I mean, you listen to that first Betty Rocket album, it's not that good. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, there's some cool ideas, but yeah. you're still pretty... And that was, I think we recorded it live. I can't remember <laughs> now, but I think we like, I remember practicing a ton because we only had a short amount of studio yeah. time. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the, the intro to, to um, Betty Rocket was for sure Noggin Toboggan and just kind of playing with those bands, Sick of Change and Frito Boat. We used to play in, in that world a lot, like the San Jose. Yeah. So it was cool. Cool That's time. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Mike, Mike from Frito boat and, uh, fighting Jax was on the podcast a while back. And so, yeah. Was, oh yeah. I love Mike. Fi- which I didn't know he was in Frito boat at the time when I chatted with him and I was like, Oh, oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's such Mike's a random doing, throwback. <laughs> Mike's doing cool stuff. Yeah. Um, Logan from Frito boat is on our new album too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we go, we go way back. We're still really good friends with with a lot of those, you know, that that world. How'd you guys uh, end up making the transition to tooth and nail? You know, um, things were kind of, I don't know, just not super clear and transparent with what was going on with Betty Rocket. And so just kind of like, we were really young when we signed to Betty Rocket too. Mm -hmm. And 
So that just kind of went, I don't know, not south, but just kind of fizz, fizzled a little, yeah. you know, for us. And, um, and then tooth and nail, um, I think we had a friend, Josh Jeter, or at the time, I don't even know if, if we were really friends or just like knew of each other, kind of mm-hmm. like you, you knew of Watashi Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, probably knew of us too, you know? And uh, I think we had a new demo that we had recorded and somehow he got a hold of it um, and played it for Tooth & Nail. He was working at Tooth & Nail at the time. And I think they just called me. I think Brandon just called me, reached out. So it was pretty cool because obviously that was like our, our whole world was that tooth and nail world, yeah. you know, that's so influential in our music. And so, yeah, I think that was like right after high school, <laughs> um, right after we had graduated. Nice. Yeah. That's right. So because you had that demo, did tooth and nail already know you were shifting your sound or was it like, they thought they were signing this punk band and you show up with the record and you're like, this is different. <laughs> yeah. They knew that we were shifting the sound. I mean, definitely the production on the demo was different. It was more mm-hmm. like raw and rock sounding. Like um, when we went to do the production with Garth, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, uh, he actually surprised us all. I think the yeah. band and the label because you know, we walked away from that experience. We walked into that experience, not really knowing what to expect. Cause that was like our first real produced album, you know, with a real producer at a real studio and everything. And, um, but the demos were definitely different. Like, I think when the label heard them, they were like, Oh, they expected one thing. And then I think we all kind of did, um, yeah. but not, too different i mean there's like i could play you smoke signals the demo and it's it's pretty similar you know um so like they they heard the songs they heard a lot of the songs on on the love of life and they came up to while we were recording to um that was when we signed actually signed we started the the album before we actually signed so (laughs) um so they they heard it when we were recording it and Everyone was excited. Yeah. It's cool. That's cool. That's cool. What was uh, the response at that time? I'm trying to remember who it was I chatted with recently, but it seemed like there was this, this pop punk wave and tooth and nail, especially and like, I think all the labels signed a bunch of bands and then it just kind of fizzled out because there were so many bands all doing the same thing that it was just like this muddy mess of a seed. And it was like, yeah, o- only a few survived. <laughs> it's like dogwood yeah. made it out. Right. Like, I know. Yeah. I mean, I think the response, well, we, we, um, I think we always kind of felt a little bit comfortable being like a little out of place with the bands we were playing with. So we, I don't know if, cause we were playing with a lot of hard, harder bands, hardcore bands or whatever, always. Yeah. So I think we just looked at it like, Oh, we're making new music. We're always, you know, kind of like a different, sound a little bit but we didn't think of it too much uh intentionally i don't think or or even like thought how will people receive this i think there was definitely a feeling with the production like i said of like walking away and feeling like oh 
the production wasn't what we thought it was going to sound like a little bit. There was mm -hmm. even like conversations in the band um, that it was hard, you know, it's hard for some of the people in the band at that time that, you know, that, that it didn't really come across more like punk or rock or, you know, have more distorted guitars. And um, so I think it, we were more focused internally than how other people were going to, yeah. you know, um, we just were, ex we just thought like, man, we're, we're on tooth and nail. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. And tooth and nail always is very eclectic in my mind. Like mm -hmm. I was listening to Starflyer and fine China and, you know, uh, stretch Armstrong and everything, you know, MXPX. And so, but then, you know, when it did come out, we definitely, when we saw, I guess the response, the biggest response that we were seeing was um was just it was hard to get on tours it yeah. was hard for us to like go go out and support the album and and find bands that were like yeah let's take these guys out you know so that made us feel a little bit like wait is the album not cool you know like, right what? <laughs> like what happened like, what's going on but but at the same time you know at least from my perspective we had you remember like mp3.com at the time? Oh yeah, yeah. And like I all downloaded a bunch of like, records from there. Yeah, singles, all of yeah. The, the song was like huge on that at the time. So I remember being like, this is amazing. Like I was so blown away and thankful. I never felt like anything really, but just like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. This is happening, you know. Um, but yeah, like I said, there was that internal just conversation and that's what even you know from my perspective led to mike our guitar player leaving at that point was the album didn't really turn out quite how we you know maybe everyone expected and how we were gonna uh support the album live and start playing maybe different live a little bit because the album sounded a little different mm -hmm. that was like um yeah i think it was an adjustment for sure yeah for us yeah. as internally as a band you know was that the initial catalyst to change the band name and have it be eager seas or was there something bigger no yeah it actually was we had kind of we pushed through that was a a little moment of like you know mike quit um we were you know we were having a really hard time just and that was we had been really good friends and all, all of us were such a unit for so long that that was like our first little hurdle to push through for sure. But we did, we, we, um, we started playing with Luke, our, our friend Luke. And we, that's when we did start touring. We started picking up some, some tours, little things. Um, and then we got the tooth and nail tour was really great for us. That mm -hmm. was like, um, and after that we did pick up a little momentum, you know, like the tooth and nail tour, was was really cool because we went into it all of the bands kind of thinking you know further scenes forever was going to be the big headliner and they were gonna it was like this pri really a privilege for us to be able to be on a tour like that you know yeah. privilege for us to be on any tour but you know what i mean like it's, yeah it's like whoa this is cool and we had done a little bit we had done a little run with further scenes forever before that and acceptance and you know like i said little touring here and there but this was kind of like the first u.s major we did a copeland tour 
uh, U.S. We did a couple things where it was more just scrappy, like sleeping in our van and, mm -hmm. you know, not really getting paid much for shows. Kind of, But that was all great, too. But this was like our first major, you know, tour, Tooth & Nail tour. So um, we, we did a lot after Luke joined to support the album. That was like the, the majority of our touring time with Watashiwa. Mm -hmm with you know with the love of life was all with luke um and so i think you know that's when we started to fizzle out really was after luke quit um because we had already gone through that with mike that was such a big hard you know thing that and then after luke quit it really hit us on this momentum of like oh we were getting you know different tour opportunities um may and copeland and switchfoot and we had a bunch of stuff planned and it uh after luke we tried to play with andrew from uh sick of change and a couple different friends and it just we were just striking out you know yeah. <laughs> so that's what really i think we got to this place where uh we were kind of like I think Luke actually came back to go record with us um, up with Mike Herrera up in Bremerton. We were going to do like an Arthur Watashiwa split that Mike was, he produced it, um, which we still have it. We're going to put it out at some point. But um, Luke, I think, actually came back into the band to like help us out with that, you know? Yeah. And so it was just this weird time of like, we we're fit, really fizzled out. I think everyone had lost that, like that belief or just the, like the inspiration or like, is this worthwhile still? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Why are we trying? It felt like we were just trying, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So that was around the time fizzled out. And then, um, you know, me and Mike were, we're already kind of talking a lot and, and, he knew what was going on with Watashiwa. And um, so that's when he offered that I, you know, if, if I come play with them, with MXPX and help out doing tech and playing guitar, second guitar. So that's what led to that. <laughs> When uh, Tooth the Nail asked you, I mean, I assume I think the story was they asked you to release that Eager Seas record as Watashiwa. I mean, did you understand? I mean, why why transition to a different project name in the first place? 
Yeah. So like I said, it from my perspective, like when I started playing with MXPX, I with Tashiwa, which was like, you know, this unit in my mind, we had kind of fizzled out. So um, I started, I started a new project, basically eager seas was a new band after mm -hmm. that. And um, that had some of the same people from Watashiwa in it, but we had new people in it. It was yeah. kind of like a new idea almost like for the sound and everything. And so we actually went to record that album um, thinking it was going to be like a new, our new band, Eager Seas, you know? Yeah. And then um, we did a tour. We did the Copeland um, Acceptance Love Drug Tour as Eager Seas and planned on putting, I think they even ran like an ad in an AP with like, you know, the album was coming out yeah. earlier or something. And, um, you know, it was pretty loose at that point. Like we almost, the tour, we had, it was like a makeshift, not a makeshift band, but we recorded the album, mostly me and Jason and Lane came up for a little bit. And then the MXPX has like Mike and Yuri played on it. And it was more like a project like that, you know, mm -hmm. contributors. So the tour, it never, we never really got to a place where it was like, okay, we're a band, even as eager sees like, yeah. I think our first show on the tour we had didn't even practice before maybe we practiced like some of us before but i think our first <laughs> show was like we just showed up and played you know wow. so. <laughs> um so you know we when when tooth and nail kind of like didn't really like that or i shouldn't say tooth and nail when chad you know it was like that that feeling of like, oh, I don't really know what to do with this album. It's yeah. not really doing anything for me. That also kind of felt like, man, what's like, <laughs> we're not really establishing a band or a sound here. Mm -hmm. So it, it felt fine to kind of just like, okay, if, if the solution is putting it out under the name Watashiwa, that's fine. Cause this doesn't really feel like an established band anyways. Like yeah. we've done one tour the you know the album didn't really resonate with the label like let's just you know let's just move on um and the confusion of like okay well they it's Watashiwa they just did this tour eager seas so the eager seas was like something that should still be almost like in the mix because people recognized it from the tour so it's just this kind of weird thing. And I was kind of young, you know, young yeah. and whatever. <laughs> cool. Let's just do, let's just do that, you know. And then Lakes felt like, okay, this is like a fresh start. We had yeah. and that was like we had a band. Um, we, you know, we actually rehearsed those songs before the photographs EP and like as a band and went and so that felt more like, okay, Lakes is like a new, new band, you know. Um but yeah, Watashiwa now, I mean, I, I listen to that Watashiwa Eager Seas record and it does feel like a Watashiwa record, you know? Uh, but that's, I think, because I've gone through so much musical journey that it, I, I feel more of the connection easily, you know, through it all, you know, yeah. rather than like I used to compartmentalize it or like separate it or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the discography from start, to finish you can see that through line where it's like it was headed in that direction kind of anyways 
there are some weird things on that eager seas record for me where i'm like one of the songs where i was like this sounds like a, a worship song and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. What song? That's cool. Uh, what, what one? <laughs> I think it was just the opener where I was like, something about the drums on it. Yeah, I like, yeah. I was like, oh, what, what, what is that? Yeah. 10 years. It's familiar in all the wrong ways. Uh, no. <laughs> it's probably because it was so influential in the, in the worship world. You the, know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. You did uh, photographs with Militia Group. Yep. The Jewish relationship with Chad Pearson from when he yeah, the yeah. Nail, or was that just from touring with Love Drug and Copeland? I met Chad and Rory early on. Yeah. When we were on Betty Rocket still, I think John from uh, Noise Ratchet, now Delta Spirit, maybe, maybe Noise Ratchet again, is he played like our second album, I think, for Chad and Rory. And they were both like, Betty Rocket? No, come on. That's not going to be good. <laughs> finally, I think they gave it a shot. And uh, they, you know, they really liked our that second album, What's in the mm-hmm. Way, that we did. So that's when I think we became friends. With, we, they, you know, we played down there. I think we stayed at Chad and Rory, I think, may have been living together at the time. I can't remember. Um, and so we were always just super... Close, close with them, stayed close with them. Um, we talked about signing with them. We almost signed with them instead of Tooth and Nail. You know, we talked with both. Um, and I think we were just, I think we just never got an offer from Militia Group or something. Or we like, I can't remember now. <laughs> or like they, they were going to make it, but they, it hadn't happened yet or something. But um, so we, we, we were always, uh, friends and they were always helping me out like they were helping us get on tours and um, shows and just always like cool and still are Rory's managing me now you know Rory's our manager now and um, Chad is still just one of the sweetest like most helpful like supportive guys and friends and um, so yeah I love I love them both and it was cool to see, I think even though we were on tooth and nail at the time, like seeing them kind of grow militia group a little and what was going on with that. We were, we were connected with those bands like acceptance and noise ratchet. And so it made sense after also just kind of feeling like, Oh, they understand. They kind of get my music a little bit, maybe Um, like when I, made an album that someone, you know, someone else might've felt like, I don't really get it. What is this? Like, (laughs) you know, they listened to it and they were like, this is really cool. You know? So, um, they've always just kind of like, I felt like been supportive believers in my music, you know, and friends.
why why they transition uh from lakes back to eager seas oh it's a good question um is that just like copyright issues or something no basically what happened was um you know we never trademarked it or anything and a bunch of other bands started popping up called lakes and i think one year we played the same festival that there was oh, like wow. another lakes I think another year, like someone came to see us at another festival and it was like a different band that was playing, you know, and they were all, so that was confusing. I think we even tried to send like a cease and desist to one of them. And it just was like, what do we do? It got to a point where it's like, what do we do? How do we <laughs> push through this and kind of made it feel like a little like you know, the morale in the band was a little low because I think because of that. So I, we, I think we just thought like, oh, Eager Seas is still ownable, the domain and like everything from a brand perspective, like um, we used that before there was that, um, reckon, you know, people recognized it. And so it made sense to kind of like try to go back to that and just, um, you know, remarket ourselves as that. Um, so we made the switch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's maybe a horrible word, but it's all kind of like incestuous and like lakes, eager seas was Hashiwa. Like it's like yeah, I mean it's you, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> so I think I think I mean I definitely um, kind of look like hindsight. I I feel like. I didn't do a good job of being consistent and clear with the people that cared about my music through what was going on. Like I didn't do a good job of explaining like, okay, this is what I'm doing now and this is what it's called and this is why it's called, you know? So there's some, there's parts, part of me that I'm like, Oh man, should we have done that? Like maybe we should have just, <laughs> like, yeah. but you can't live life like that. You know, I, we, I made, we made those projects under those, um, you know, those names and I love those albums. And I kind of look at it like everything that I do from now on is, you know, will be with Tashiwa and that even like those years of lakes and eager seas, you know, well, I think we'll always like feel really connected to yep. Tashiwa. been four years since mine as well yeah why, why bring back watashiwa well i think definitely getting to a place um where the music sentiment felt really connected to the same freedom and just um headspace that i was in with watashiwa watashiwa was always i think a little bit more global or like bigger bigger ideas like more how i think we're all connected versus like lakes and eager seas 
those years i look at those that music was like very personal like very like mm -hmm. self-reflective kind of sad you know a lot of like um and i think for me going through those years and looking back on it it makes sense why i was making music like that you know i went went through like divorce and kind of like some things where making music was you know really it was an really good outlet to be so self-reflective you know mm -hmm. but i think with tashi while getting being now in this place where like making music feels like i have something to like there's ideas that are bigger than me and <laughs> like my life yeah. you know it's like it's it's about all of us and it can inspire and maybe like be a little bit like bigger than just me as far as like inspiring and making people feel like um hopeful or positive or you know and that's i think what watashiwa really was like that spirit and that that was like the vision i think for it and so when we were when i was making this album it kind of was feeling that way sounding that way and i just was thinking like hey this this does seem like watashiwa to me why why not i started to ask myself like why not yeah. put it out under that there's not really those same roadblocks that i had before in my mind of like oh the band has to be like the same members or the same and realistically like no one was in the band originally since that original junior high right. <laughs> lineup so um so it just kind of made sense and i think you know there's a i think there's a it's a good time for Watashi. I, it, to me, it felt like a good time in the world to have Watashiwa music too. Okay. It's like with almost in response to like the pandemic and everything being so like, just, I don't know, fearful or, you know, like having this kind of like music that hopefully is like uplifting, gets you dancing maybe, yeah. or even you look like a fool like me you know <laughs> like it's all good like just celebrate life and and um i think there's a lot of themes too of like even listening back to watashiwa that we had some of these themes but like um like spending less time with technology and the influence of those things and more time with like each other mm -hmm. and art and, and self-expression and understanding each other's ideas and so yeah i think um it just made sense and we you know we i started to kind of really define once i once i felt like okay this is this is i think with the time then you know started to actually define it and make a vision for it and so the album really came together i think more clearly like as a watashiwa album like even even having our friends from that community or those other bands that mm -hmm. were such a big part of our history and you know that that was a intentional thing i wanted to make it really feel like a watashiwa album in every way you know like um having the people as many people as i could part of it that were part of the history and the meaning and made watashiwa you know what it is and also just the sounds too you know kind of like um trying to make an album that felt like it it um it almost like showed the whole span of the musical journey you know 
where where we started where we are at today and kind of like this new sound too you know um so what led you back to tooth and nail records and not just releasing this independently on Bandcamp or something on your own um i do so this is interesting but that was also just the feeling of like how do i make this the most watashiwa album ever <laughs> like and the vision like I'm, I'm a big vision guy like i love um you know goal setting and in like having an idea and seeing it come to life you know like i do graphic design i do art i do a lot of creative type things and so um and obviously music music is that way um and tooth and nail is obviously such a big part of who who we are as a band mm -hmm. you know they're the biggest one of the biggest reasons i'm playing music is tooth and nail and and so it was like in my mind the most exciting thing um from just a from just the meaning the sentiment of it like Watashiwa tooth and nail is like that's exciting it's like man that's that's part of such a huge part of our meaning as a band so um yeah that's i think i thought of i thought of like all these ideas like hey what if i could get these people involved or what if you know from these bands or what if i could what if we do like this song where it kind of starts off sounding like a pop punk song like our old sound and then progresses through these like almost to what we sound like now you know through all the years so like i had these ideas tooth and nail was one of you know i thought hey why don't i just see if brandon would be interested and so i reached out and told him told him about it told him about kind of like what the you know what we're talking about how what led yeah. me to it and what the album was kind of about and you know the general themes and just how it felt like i really feel like it's it's a perfect album for tooth and nail you know it's just like makes it it feels like it it wouldn't feel right on a different label or self-release yeah. so that's cool yeah and they seem with as the music industry has shifted they seem to have found some freedom in releasing different things releasing older bands or just being like you can say fuck on the record if you want now like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what's cool it's redemptive too for me and brandon or at least for me it's been redemptive to reconnect with brandon because you know of how everything ended mm -hmm. uh just with not like it ended bad but it just ended like uh i guess like disappointing or whatever like it wasn't um with that eager seas album and then you know now just being in a place both of us where you know we're fast forward like there's a lot of things that we can connect on mm -hmm. as adults as fathers or business owners or to where when we doing the music stuff doing this kind of music business together it's it's a lot more free and just doesn't really have the same um it doesn't have the same weight that it had in our youth i guess like we're not like having to be like you know is this gonna sell or i don't not like not like right. we're even we think it will but <laughs> right right he's not looking to recoup a bunch yeah, of money and put like, you out on the road and like work your asses off for him it's, it's just like yeah we're just i both, like this album we're gonna put it out because we're friends <laughs> exactly yeah we're both in in this place in life where it's like 
this is fun. Putting out albums, putting out art is fun and just doesn't have, it doesn't matter as much, I guess, with the same weight. And, and, and so it's exciting to be able to like, there's a lot of freedom in it. Honestly, like I don't have, I feel so thankful to have someone that, a label say, Hey, we believe in your art and we want to support you and it be this free and easy and just kind of like so much freedom in it. You know, like we, yeah. I do have topics on the album that people, other labels wouldn't even think about putting it out, you know, right <laughs> now. So, um, that's the other thing too. It's like, they really believe in, in me and, and it, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate working with them right now. It's awesome. People like people, May 20th. Uh, you talk about the album artwork. Did you design that? I designed it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't illustrate. Those are old um, print stock, yep. you know, uh, yeah, yeah. like the CSA print stock. So they've done, they've like gotten together all this old, great print stock from like mid century. And I love that era. And I love, that you can, uh, you know, so it's like I photoshopped it and designed, you know, put masks on all the different yeah. people. And, yeah, um, you know, obviously we made, made this theme of like this, um, almost like globe, globe, um, you know, type thing to me, it's like almost this symbol of, um, just viewing life um and and whatever that means like viewing life from a present or you know in hindsight of yourself or um even if you want to think about it as like god viewing you know your life you know or whatever it's just like this idea of like reflecting on life and then also just really wanted to um bring like a juxtaposition of like um, the time that we've been in with, um, you know, showing people enjoying their life and these beautiful mid-century kind of photos that are so nostalgic feeling, you know, and there's like this nostalgic feeling of like innocence and whatever that is, whatever that, um, whatever you think about that, there is a juxtaposition of like, why does it look strange for them to have the masks on, but we're all, you know, and then, and then just what that conversation is. And, um, so I wanted to make something that symbolized like, this is our present time. And cause the album is kind of like an album of our time. I think like it's, it's really, right. you, you, you got the X COVID X song on there. <laughs> yeah. It's like really dealing with a lot of the things, which I always loved about punk rock music, where it was like music of our time. It's speaking about present issues and it's speaking, honestly, it's very yeah. transparent. It's very honest and it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm like just some dude in California, you know, like 
making my music. So, um, but that's what I loved about punk uh, and the, and the history of of how I create music is just that freedom of this is what's going on. This is how I feel about it, you know. And so making the cover kind of symbolize like almost a neutral place of something that anyone could identify with, I guess. Like what what does it mean to right now um, show our present time, which is like people trying to enjoy and just go about their normal life and just feel normal and be, or like enjoy everything that life has to offer, you know, um, yeah. live your life to the fullest, but, but with that like visual of like, um, that present cue of the masks, you know, yeah. Yeah. so. Yeah, we do have some touring plans. Um, we're yeah, we're touring with uh, Norm, uh, Norma Jean and Emery. Oh shit! On the labeled tour a little, and then so we're really excited about that. You really are just mixing it up and going out with uh, <laughs> the yeah. extreme end of the genres. <laughs> everyone will be like hanging out, and then right when we play COVID nineteen, everyone will like rush in because they'll think it's like Emery starting or something. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we're doing that tour. We're excited about that. Um, and then we're doing Furnace Fest, uh, which will be awesome. Excited to play that. And some other touring too. We're kind of still trying to um, solidify some stuff. But yeah, we're, we're excited. Uh, we, we're wanting to really, we want to get out everywhere again. And there's a lot of places in the US that we haven't played in really long time. So since Watashiwa. So yeah. Yeah, we're excited. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. Oh, no.